Veritas Mizzou podcast. Veritas is the college ministry of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. Our greatest hope is to see more and more college students believe that Jesus is more. To get connected, check out our weekly meeting on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on Mizzou's campus. For specific details about where we meet, how to join a small group, or more information about Veritas, visit us online at veritasmizzou.com. To stay in the loop with what we're up to, follow Veritas Mizzou on Facebook and Instagram. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Hey guys, my name is Jensen. For those of you that don't know me, I am really excited to be here talking with you guys tonight. Um, There are a lot of faces that I don't know, so just a couple of fun facts about me. Uh, I've been on staff with Veritas for almost three years now, which is kind of crazy. I'm married. My husband's name is Sam. He's pretty cool. We have a dog. His name is Oliver. Um, He used to like people, but then quarantine happened, and now he's not so sure, so it's okay. He's like, he's figuring it out. Um, And lastly, I love fall. I'm wearing my favorite sweater today because it's chilly. Like, that's so exciting. This might make me unpopular, but I think that summer is the worst season. Like, it's actually not fun to be hot, and no one really likes to sweat that much, and I kind of get cranky when I'm overheated. So fall is, like, such a good thing for me. If you've been to the grocery store recently, you might have noticed that your normal candy is now transitioning into its Halloween version, which means that it's almost October, or it could mean that it's, like, September because it's basically Christmas at all the stores, too. But anyways, there's Halloween candy, and I do need to make a confession. I'm a fall girl, but I'm not a spooky season girl. Like, I don't really like Halloween. I think it's because as a kid, I grew up, and I never really looked forward to Halloween. And I blame my mother, because she did this thing where every Halloween, I just went as whatever my older sister had been the year before. Right, like, that's pretty messed up. I mean, you might be like, ooh, thrifty. But for, his, for me as a kid, like I watched Jessica go to the Halloween store and pick out a cool outfit every year. And I just had to pretend like whatever she had been the last year was cool. Guys, one year she went as a pizza delivery girl. Like who, who wants to be a pizza delivery girl? My sister. And so I had to pretend like that was cool. It wasn't cool. But then sixth grade happened, right? Middle school. Things are getting really intense and I got invited to my first Halloween party. And on top of this, I was gonna go trick-or-treating like normal, probably my last time, with my best friend from grade school. And right around this time, I had developed a pretty serious crush on her older brother. Okay, so I'm going to my first Halloween party, and I'm gonna trick-or-treat with a love of my life, and so this is not the year for hand-me-downs. So I go to my mom, and I'm like, Mom, we're going to Spirit Halloween. I need the coolest costume ever. And I begged, and she was like, fine, whatever. So we went to Spirit Halloween, and I'm looking, I'm stressed, because guys, this costume, this costume is gonna either solidify my popularity in the sixth grade, it's either gonna make my best friend's brother fall in love with me, or it's gonna ruin everything I've ever hoped for. So I'm searching, and I finally, guys, I find it. It's like the coolest costume ever, except it's not really gonna go with my Birkenstock clogs that I used to wear all the time. So I convinced my mom to take me to another store, Payless Shoe Store, and we go and I'm searching and I see them, the perfect pair of shoes. I have the costume, I have the shoes. This is gonna be a Halloween to remember. Like as I'm leaving the store, I know 
that I'm about to make my best friend's brother fall in love with me, and I'm going to be the coolest girl in sixth grade. See for yourselves. Nailed it. Right? So cute. Except not. I'm literally wearing jeans. Why did I wear jeans? They're bootcut jeans, and I rolled them up. And the shoes, the shoes that I made my mother go to another store for, well, they're just really ugly. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. It's not cute. My friend Reagan is cuter than me, so she actually won the popularity contest there. But honestly, as an adult, right, looking back on that picture, as someone who probably couldn't name half the people who were at that Halloween party, as someone who's happily married to not her best friend from grade school's totally cute older brother, well, I look back at that picture and I just can't help but think, it really wasn't worth it. Like the time and the stress and the worry over making sure that this was the perfect Halloween, well, it just seems kind of ridiculous. It looks like I went through a lot of trouble to kind of make a fool of myself, like it wasn't cute. And while we can all probably look back on middle school and think of other stories of when we did something dumb just to make the people around us like us, as college students, you can probably look back and think, well, I don't really care what my sixth grade classmates think of me anymore. We can probably see that it was a little ridiculous. Because I don't think that means that we've outgrown our need for acceptance and approval. See, I think that most of what we do, from the things that we wear, to the people we spend our time with, to the activities that we do, well, I think we do all of those things because we, we care about the approval and the acceptance of the people around us. Anyone in here have social media? TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, you all do. I know it, you do. Maybe you don't, you probably do. I have it, and I was looking up for this talk. I was just kind of researching about social media, and I found this blogger who let me know that mm, to craft the perfect Instagram post, it should take me like around an hour and a half. An hour and a half to take the perfect picture, to find the perfect caption, to edit the picture, to make sure everything's just right. All I need is, you know, an hour and a half out of my day. Which to me sounds a little crazy, but I also will say that I am guilty of being the person who writes out like 10 captions and then sends one to my friend to make sure that it's just as like clever and thoughtful as funny as I thought it was. I'm also the person who's probably taken 20 of the exact same picture just to scroll through them and ask a friend which one's better and I'm literally showing them the same picture because I care. There's this whole industry on Instagram where influencers are like selling presets, which is basically just a filter that makes every single one of your photos look the same. And to be honest, it makes our Instagram pages look pretty good, right? They look curated, everything looks light, bright, and airy. I mean, I literally would not dream of posting the pictures that I used to post on Instagram. Exhibit A. One day, I thought that everyone needed to know that it was 71 degrees outside. It was December, so that's pretty cool for Missouri. But I, lit I put a filter, this is just the dashboard of my car, and I thought the people had to know. We can take that down, it's embarrassing. But I do think that we all try to portray a certain image of ourselves online. We want to gain the likes, the comments, the praise from the people that are looking at our profiles. You know, when I posted a picture about getting engaged, I was really upset for like a whole day because I didn't break 400 likes. That's a lot of likes, but a couple weeks prior and in the months prior, I had seen other girls who had gotten engaged who got like a thousand likes. And so I looked at my like not even 400 likes and I could not help but think, 
why don't people like me as much? Like, what wasn't good enough about this picture? What wasn't good enough about my proposal, my engagement? Did people not like me as much? Was I not as popular as I thought? Did people not care about me as much as I thought they did? I mean, even to this day, whenever people post pictures about their engagements, I like can't help but notice how many likes they get. And I compare myself to them, and it affects me. You know, I wasn't above social media then. I'm not above social media now. I'm just as enamored and addicted to the praise as you are. See, we all have a desire to be approved of. And this isn't a new desire, right? Like social media isn't just this great evil that created this need within us. It's actually something that we've always wanted, we've always desired. And in tonight's passage, we're going to be stepping into the middle of a dispute. And at the heart of this dispute is this desire for approval. See, Jesus, he's having a disagreement with some of the religious leaders of the day. And they're talking, they're fighting, they're disagreeing. I wouldn't say Jesus fights. They're disagreeing because these religious leaders, they oppose him. They're frustrated with the things that he's saying and that he's doing. And so let's take a look at what Jesus says. This is how he responds to them. John 5, verse 44. How can you believe since you accept glory? And that word glory, it can also be translated as praise or honor. So how can you believe since you accept glory and praise from one another, but do not seek the glory and praise that comes from the only God? Do you guys see what Jesus is getting at here? What these religious leaders are doing? Well, they're just like us. They're accepting glory and praise from one another rather than God. And catch this, Jesus says that's the reason why they don't believe. Like, I don't want us to miss the severity of what Jesus is actually saying here. Jesus, he's looking at these religious leaders, the men that were seen as the most godly, the most faithful, the most religious. He's looking them dead in the face and he's saying, how can you believe in me? How can you really believe when you build your lives around gaining approval from the people around you? How can you believe when you worry about getting the praise from the people around you? How can you believe when you neglect to see the value of gaining the praise from the only true God? See, Jesus, he's calling them out. He's calling them out on the foolishness of looking to one another to gain approval. He's calling them out for putting their identity and what the people around them thought rather than focusing on what the God they profess to follow thought. But here's a question. How do the religious leaders of the day get to a point where they care more about each other than they do about God? John 12, 42. Yet, at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than they loved the praise from God. You know, there was this viral video going around a couple of weeks ago. It's of Zoe Laverne. She's a TikTok star. And in this video, she's sobbing uncontrollably. Here's a picture of it. I couldn't show the video tonight, but in it, She's chewing out this other girl and TikTok executives because she's about to be taken over in followers. 
And at the end of the video, through her sobs, you can hear her say, I don't want them to tell me I'm irrelevant. See, the number of followers she had, the fans that gave her praise, the comments, all of it was directly tied to her worth. Who was she if she wasn't the queen of TikTok? Who was she without the approval of her, friend, of her fans, without the approval and the influence that she had built? See, for these Jewish leaders, the synagogue, well, that was their place of influence. That was the place where people gathered, where they were known and honored. It's a place where they had community. It's where culture was built. And so to be kicked out of the synagogue meant to be kicked out of community, to lose their influence, their power, their relevance. So how did these religious leaders get to the point where they love the praise of humans more than they love the praise of God? Well, they were afraid. They were afraid of losing their influence. They were afraid of losing their power, afraid of becoming irrelevant. See, to lose human praise, it was such a terrifying idea. It came at such a high cost that they weren't willing to openly acknowledge their faith. And I want to be fair, right? I want to be fair that this isn't a little thing for them. In, in the moment, this is actually a really big loss for them. Honor, gone. Community, gone. Praise, relevance, influence, gone. Guys, it's not a little thing for them, and it's not a little thing for us either. It's why TikTok star Zoe is literally sitting on the floor sobbing uncontrollably. She's terrified of being told she's irrelevant. If you watch the video back, there's a point where you're sitting there and you, you're just kind of shocked that she's so upset. It seems a little silly. It seems kind of ridiculous. It seems ridiculous until it doesn't. Until you realize that we're all just as terrified. When we lose our place in the synagogue, our places of influence, we, we want to fall apart too. So what's your synagogue? What are your places of influence, the places where you gain the most? See, maybe you won't openly acknowledge your faith for fear of being put out of your professor's good graces, for fear of being put out of your political tribes, your friend groups, your families. Whatever it is for you exactly, can't we all admit that we're afraid? Afraid of being on the wrong side of history. Afraid of being labeled as other because we stood out. Afraid of being told that we're irrelevant by the people we hope to gain the approval of most. We won't openly follow Jesus because we're afraid of becoming irrelevant. Guys, it feels safe to be accepted. It, it feels comfortable to be within the praise of the crowd. And to lose that, to not have acceptance, well, that can lead to an identity crisis. It can leave us asking, who am I without the praise of others, without the approval and the acceptance of others? Guys, that's terrifying. 
Like, hear me when I say that's a real fear. That's a real feeling. It's terrifying because it cuts to the core of who we are, of who we want people to think that we are. When we lose it, it's actually devastating to the core of our identities. But even scarier than that, even scarier than that is that tonight, Jesus is asking us, how can you believe when you accept glory from one another and do not seek after the glory from the only God? See, Jesus, he's telling us that in order to believe, we have to be willing to openly and faithfully follow him, even if it means losing out on human praise. We have to be willing to be faithful even if it means becoming irrelevant to the world around us. What Jesus is asking, it feels like an incredibly high sacrifice. But guys, what if there was something better? What if there was something that we couldn't lose? Something that wouldn't devastate us? Something that we were created for? Guys, hear me when I say this tonight. Being valued and accepted and relevant to the only king of the universe is worth it every single time. And I know that some of us in this room, some of us may know that. We may think that we believe that, but I think that sometimes, sometimes we believe that in our heads, but we fail to actually believe it in our hearts. We fail to actually realize what an incredible gift God is offering us. 1 John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. Zephaniah 3, 17, the Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. 1 Peter 1.7, these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ is revealed. Guys, the God of the universe, the creator of human life, the one who gave you the desire to be valued and praised, the one who created the stars in the sky, the one who loves us far deeper than we could ever imagine, the one who has more power than every earthly ruler combined, our King, King Jesus, wants to give you the glory that he died for. He wants to give you glory and honor that will fully satisfy your desires. He wants to tell you, well done, good and faithful servant. He wants to give you a crown of glory, an inheritance that will never perish. He wants to bring you into a kingdom that is full of love, justice, and mercy. We are relevant to Jesus. But instead, we turn him down every single day for human praise that is here today and gone tomorrow. Our problem isn't what we desire, but it's who we are depending on to fulfill it. 2,000 years later, and let's pretend like those religious leaders are here tonight. They're standing here tonight. Would they say it was worth it? The people who were in power in their day, well, they're gone. The world, it's moved on. Most of us, we don't ever think about or even step foot in a synagogue. 
All the things they were hoping to gain, the people whose approval they were looking for, they're all dead. Honestly, the thing that they were most afraid of, well, it, it came true. They're irrelevant. They're merely a part of history. But guys, 2,000 years later, and the glory of God, the praise of God, the kingdom of God, it remains and it will never fade. Jesus, he's still king. Our God, he is still in power and he is offering us a relevance that will never end. He's offering us praise that's eternal and a life that is fully satisfying. Are you looking to humans to fulfill a desire that only Jesus can fulfill? Do you love human praise more than you love the praise of God? If you were to take an honest look at your life tonight, what would you find? Are you seeking after the glory of God? Is your life set up in a way that you seek out, you strive for, you're motivated by gaining the glory of God? Or if you were honest, would you realize that maybe you're a little bit more like the religious leaders, the leaders who were unwilling to openly acknowledge their faith because they were so afraid of losing human praise and relevance? See, living a life that's built to seek out God's glory means that sometimes you're going to have to uphold truth that labels you as unloving. It means that sometimes at your family dinner tables, you're going to have to speak up against racism and sexism, even if it causes tension. It means that your political party, well, that can't be who you look to for wisdom and for truth. And when the Bible calls you to believe something, you're gonna have to listen, even if it means that you don't have a political home. See, it means that, that your social media, well, it, it's not there for you to build your image, to gain your own glory. It's actually there for you to point others to Christ. It's there for you to encourage others to share truth. It means that sometimes being a good friend, it means that you have to say the hard thing. You have to challenge the other person when it just feels like it might be a lot easier to just make them happy and say what they want to hear. It means that we're going to have to spend our time and build habits that help us seek God's glory because we know, we know that human relevance pales in comparison to being known and valued and praised by our creator. I'm going to be really honest with you guys tonight. As I was preparing for this sermon, a sermon where I'm going to get up here and I'm trying to convince you that God's glory, it's far greater than human praise. And I realized that all I could think about was the fact that in the back of this room, there's a camera. And whatever is on that camera is going to be on the internet in a couple of days. And so all I could think about was, man, I got I to gotta say the right things. I need to sound pretty smart. Don't want to say anything heretical. Need to look cute. Want to try to be a little bit convincing. And while those aren't like necessarily bad things, I realized that my main motivation for wanting those things was so that I could gain your approval and the approval of anyone else who ever watches this online. 
It's ironic, right? It's ironic that I'm literally trying to convince you to care more about God's praise and all I could think about was how I wanted to gain your approval and not embarrass myself on the internet. That's a problem. I am just as guilty of this as anyone. I see the ways that my desire for human praise can easily become my main motivation. I want it. I am terrified of not getting it. And honestly, most of the time, it's hard to fight to believe that the glory of God is worth it. But guys, we have to fight. We have to fight because it matters. It matters whose glory our lives are built to seek after because Jesus is asking us, how can you believe? How can you believe when you accept glory from one another but do not seek after the all-satisfying, eternal glory that comes from the only God? How can you believe when you would rather live comfortably than stand up against injustices? How can you believe when you disregard my commandments if they make you stand out? How can you believe when you trade the eternal glory of the one true God for the momentary praise of the crowd? A couple weeks ago, I had no idea who Rick Barry was. Maybe you also don't know who Rick Barry is, but he was a professional basketball player for about 15 years. And the thing that is most known about Barry is that he made 89.9% of his shots from the free throw line. And for those of you that don't care about basketball like me, that's better than Michael Jordan, so we'd say pretty good. The thing was, was that the way that he shot the basketball from the free throw line was granny style. You know, like the way that you shoot the basketball like before you actually learn how to shoot a basketball and you're seven. And I looked up, I looked up videos on YouTube and I was like, mm, pro basketball players shooting granny style. And I found this video and it's comical. You should look it up later because there's not a lot of them who do it, but when they do do it, it's hilarious. Like you can't help but laugh at them. And every time without fail, you watch them shoot and then the cameraman pans to the crowd or the other players and they're, they're all just laughing because it's comical, it's ridiculous. Except, as it turns out, it's actually the better way to shoot the basketball. Physicists have confirmed that there's something about like the 45 degree arc, I don't know, basketball, and the spin, I don't know. It makes it more likely for it to go into the net. Which is kind of crazy. But Wilt Chamberlain, he's another pro basketball player, and he's notoriously known for how bad he is at the free throw line. He made it about like 50-50 of the time. But in the best game of his life, right, the game where he shot and he scored 100 points, he made 28 out of 32 of his free throw shots. That's 87%, and he made them because he shot granny style. But he never did it again. He had the best game of his life. He finally overcame his deficiency at the free throw line, and he refused to follow in the footsteps of Barry. Why? Well, because he would rather miss the shot than endure the embarrassment of standing out and being laughed at by the crowd. And while none of us are professional basketball players, I'm pretty sure, all of us were facing the same dilemma. Do we follow Jesus 
Do we live in a way that we were designed to live? Do we stand up for justice, for truth, for the kingdom of God? Do we do these things even if it means becoming irrelevant to the world around us? Guys, Jesus did. He didn't live for, for the praise and the acceptance of man, but for the praise and acceptance of his Father. And he was ridiculed, rejected, and murdered for it. But because of his faithful life, seeking after the glory of God only, Jesus became king over death when he, was, when he resurrected from the dead. His resurrection, it's what allows us to stand before the only God and be called children, beloved, and valued by our creator. It's true. Following Jesus, acknowledging our faith publicly, well, it's probably gonna cause us to lose out on the acceptance and approval of others at, at some point. You're gonna look odd. We're going to not fit into every circle. It's gonna be scary, but Jesus, guys, he's worth it. His glory is worth it. If Jesus really is who he says he is, then he's calling us to a way of life that we were made for, a way of life that will satisfy, a way of life that brings real acceptance, real approval, real glory from the only living, true God. Guys, if you believe this, then let's be a people who live by these truths, even if it costs us everything. Because Jesus, Jesus is worth more. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Veritas Mizzou podcast. If you were encouraged by this message, please be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps other people find our content so that they can be encouraged too. Most importantly, to get connected to Veritas, check out our weekly meeting on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on Mizzou's campus. For specific details about where we meet, how to join a small group, or more information about Veritas, visit us online at veritasmizzou.com. To stay in the loop with what we're up to, follow Veritas Mizzou on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening.